Hey. <laughs> Welcome to episode 91 of the Clarity Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly. I will be your host today. And today we have a guy named Paxton Gray. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. Branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. So the moment of clarity this week is to know which hat is at the bottom. Let me show you. Well, if you're not watching this, but I have a lot of hats on. And we wear a lot of hats in life and business. And they're all a little different. Sometimes they look the same. And they get very distracting or they get very stressful and we forget. But the real thing is, know which hat is at the bottom. Because the hat that's at the bottom is actually the most important one and it's the one you keep closest. So make sure you know which one's at the bottom so you can keep the main thing the main thing. My moment of clarity this week is know which hat is at the bottom. I'm so excited for what he's gonna show me. Hurry up and show me Paul's pick. Hey, so if you know me, you know that I love music. And this week my pick is from one of my favorite bands, 21 Pilots. And I'm picking this remix that Tyler Joseph did. He got out of his normal routine, and when he was at an, uh, doing a show in Berlin, he rented a studio for one day and reimagined one of his songs called The Hype. And there's a great little video that we're gonna link up below that shows the human journey of that day. And once you listen to the song, it's not gonna get out of your head. You can ask Patrick, he's been singing it for a week. So my pick this week, The Hype Remix in Berlin by the band 21 Pilots. I'm excited to share today's episode with you. Um, it's an interview with my new friend, Paxton Gray, who is an executive vice president of operations at the agency 97th floor. And we talk about marketing and that's B2B marketing, B2C marketing. We get a little tactical and we talk about, I think is the most relevant conversation in marketing today. And that is understanding that your audience is human, You've heard me talk about B to H, business to human, and this conversation really solidifies some of those points. And also, a super cool thing, uh, Paxton sent over some signed copies of Seth Godin's book, This Is Marketing. They had Seth Godin, who I reference a lot. They had him speak at an event that they did, and he was nice enough to give them some signed copies, and he actually sending one to us that we can give to you. So we're giving away a signed copy of Seth Godin's book, This Is Marketing. Actually, I didn't plant that there. That's actually there all the time. So this is the book, not the exact book, but this is the book, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. And we're giving away a signed copy of this courtesy of our friend Paxton Gray, Executive Vice President at the agency 97th floor to get a book, be eligible for a book. We're going to do a little ask here you have to go to the website of the new workshop we're launching, brandisgravity.com. If you go to brandisgravity.com and sign up to be on the first to know list and screenshot that and tweet it at me, Paul the Daily, you will be entered the win. Once we have 10 or 20 entries, I'm going to pick one from those. And uh, so do it fast. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Paxton Gray. I think you will. He's a great guy and has a lot of good insights. And so here it is, my conversation with Paxton Gray. 
Paxton, thank you so much for taking some time for me and the Clarity Compressed audience today. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, okay. So for the people that don't know you, um, can you give us like the six, one to two minute bio on uh, who you are, what you do, and um, the floor is yours. Yeah. So I have uh, been in the world of digital marketing for, uh, I'm approaching 12 years now. Uh, I started a company that built and hosted websites and I did tech support for them. So helping clients with their cPanel and set up their email and all that good stuff. And, you know, a lot of them would ask me, great, I've got this new website. Now, what do I do with it? Like, how do I make sales and how do I get people to the site? And so I said, I don't know. So I started learning SEO and, and uh, started consulting the clients on how to get traffic to their site. And that's kind of how I uh, dove in. Uh, that said, I always wanted to work at a big, sexy New York advertising agency. And then uh, I ended up marrying a girl who does not love the idea of living in New York. So <laughs> started looking around here at agencies and Me I found too. 97th floor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, you know, 97th floor, we've been around for, uh, we're just about to hit our 14th, or we just passed our 14th uh, anniversary. Congratulations. And uh Thank you. That's legit. You've gone 14 years. You've like made it through some significant ups and downs. That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah. When we started, uh, digital marketing was a totally different landscape back then. Yeah. And, you know, we started and doing SEO was our primary thing. And then we added design uh, uh, as a kind of a separate service. And then slowly we've, you know, we've added PPC, content marketing, and uh, marketing automation, conversion optimization, all that good stuff. So, um, so I oversee all fulfillment here. Uh, we're a 95 person shop and, um, uh, we work on clients anywhere from, uh, we, we do a lot of enterprise client work. Uh, so B2B SaaS tech companies, mm -hmm. uh, lifestyle, health and wellness companies is kind of our, our jam. So super cool. And, and, uh, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, your family man. Tell us about your family. That's right. Yeah, so I've uh, been married for six years. We've got two kids, four-year-old, two-year-olds, boy and girl, and, uh, and then we have a third on the way. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so I think we're about – thank you. Thank you, yeah. I think we're um, four months out from that, so that's, really exciting. That's good, man. I, I have three kids too, and three is a really great number. I want to get into the marketing conversation because a lot of our audience, um, we have audiences actually, some people are publicly traded CEOs and some are entrepreneurs are starting a personal brand. So we really do have a wide gamut. And so, you know, you said that you, you, um, you have a focus a lot on B2B or you just have a lot of B2B clients and SaaS businesses, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. One of the trends that I see, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, is that marketing in general has become a lot more human in general across the board. Um, what do you see as differences or similarities, whatever your perspective is, on kind of the modern way to market B2B and B2C? Like, what are the differences? What are the similarities that you see? Yeah, so uh, some differences. B2B is typically, you know, you're dealing with a longer sales cycle, mm -hmm. almost always. I'd say Automotive is maybe the only place in B2C where you have a semi-long sales cycle, but most of B2C is typically like C and buy. Um, so, so you have to account for that. Uh, also with B2B, you're typically dealing with a sales team in that process. And so you're going to have to deal with the handoff between marketing and sales. And that, that gets very hairy and complicated. Like finding the um, decision maker who's actually saying yes, yes right? 
Yeah. Well, and then the same thing with B2B, you're typically have multiple decision makers depending on the size of, of your product and implementation. So there, there are a lot of differences there. And just those three things can cause some, uh, you have to kind of rethink it. Um, similarities though, you know, I, I think one of the weak, like the way we understand the world as humans is we, we like to segment and isolate. And so, you know, we go to math class and we say, okay, this is math, and I'm going to put that in the math box. And then the, I go to English class, and this is English. I put that in English box. Okay. And that's a great way to understand the world. Um, however, that presents some limitations because how are math and English, how are they related? Because they are, right? And there's a lot of uh, to be gained by looking at how those are related. And so we do the same thing with marketing often. Uh, in B2B, we say, okay, this is – this is B2B. These are our business people, right? So I'm going to put them in the business people box. And right. so then we say, where are we going to hit them up? We're going to hit them up on LinkedIn, the business platform. Right. We're going to hit them with eBooks, business eBooks, you know? And we totally forget the fact that like, yeah, that's, that's a business dude, but he's a, he's a father. He's a husband. He, he likes guitar, you yeah. know, like what, what are the other things, you know, like, uh, I just had a discussion with some, uh, someone else and, and we were talking about a B2B client. I was like, what if we reached out to cake like the band yep and like that's totally the right demographic like they are fans of cake right they're gonna and hear we do a little improv bumping concert. and thumping in time and they're gonna be like yeah. yes this company understands yes, exactly. me yeah. yeah 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 and we totally forget that fun side of people in b2b and we just say they're just ceos or they're cmos or they're whoever like they're more than that yeah um we actually did a little study in our market and, uh, you know, we want to talk to directors of marketing, directors of digital, CMOs. Mm -hmm. And uh, our, our assumption was that LinkedIn was the best platform because, you know, we were segmenting. But we found out that far and away, they're way more active on Instagram. Like that's about that? the platform to hit them up is How Instagram. About that? Yeah. So, so I, I think B2B stands a lot to gain from looking at it a lot from the B2C lens mm -hmm. and just saying, how can we hit these people uh, where they live instead of just look at them as potential customers. You know, that's, that's interesting. Just a couple of weeks ago was talking about this principle. Um, I didn't make it up, but I'm fully, fully trying to make it mine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the difference between B to C and B to B, right? We have a difference there, but then like transitioning that in through the channels we have today and the availability that we have today, it's actually B to H it's business to human regardless mm. of where you are, because like you just said, the human elements like, hey, I like the band cake, right? That's a human right. thing, right? That's a personal preference. It's something that gives me nostalgia to when it first came out and it makes me remember what what's fun in life. And that you could use that to sell, I don't know, something really boring, frankly. Right. Um, right. So, so that's interesting that you brought that up. Um, what do you see? What do you see from like, you know, attention? What actually gets attention? Obviously, as marketers, we're always trying to get attention, right? Because we know the attention is the real valuable thing because I can't tell you anything until I have your right. attention. So um, what do you, at your agency and in your experience, like what, what are some of the things that you're doing now to get that initial hook of attention? So we used to focus on trying to get stuff to go viral and, and um, right. Just with, make a viral video. Results. Make one yeah. of those viral videos. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we had some stuff that took off and other stuff that, that didn't. And I would say, you know, for every five swings, we took one hit, mm -hmm. you know, so it was not predictable by any means. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, we kind of had this realization like, yeah, so we have access to more data than we've ever had uh, in the history of mankind. And so the question becomes, how do we use that data to better understand our market and better understand what is going to motivate them to action? Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to be something to everybody, you end up being nothing to everyone, right? And so yep. how can we be something important and special to a very small select group of people? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm thinking of one example, uh, we have a client that they, they do document management systems and, uh, you know, they want to target accountants. And so we thought, you know, accountants, they're, you know, kind of more stale. We're going to do the ebook. Yeah, like email marketing. Group all around. Yeah. We're marketing right. document management to accountants. Right. So then we thought, <laughs> so we did that and it had some success, but then we thought, well, let's yep. really try to understand who these people are. And we've learned mm -hmm. they're not any more boring than any of us. Like they're just like everyone right. else, you know, they like to do fun things. And we learned that they really, really hate dealing with paper. They really, really hate their printers, their fax machines, their scanners, and they have to deal with those all the time. So uh, we created the world's first mobile rage cage. And we went to a conference for accountants and uh, we put them in the rage cage. They had a helmet, a vest and a bat, and they got to go to I town actually saw on this. scanners. You saw this? I did see it. And maybe it was like in preparation for the podcast. Oh, because I, oh, I know I saw it. And we're going to actually find it or make sure we have it so we can show it. Yeah. Like run B-roll while we're talking. So you mobile rage cage. Yep. Mobile rage cage. And, and uh, you know, the client hired us to do SEO. So this doesn't make any sense, you know, but we thought this is a better way to reach their audience than just going after terms. Right. But because of this. Like when they came in, they had to sign a waiver. They had to, and we, and then they, when they signed that waiver, they got into our HubSpot, right? And so we could mm -hmm. then drip them with other content. Um, mm -hmm. And then their sales team got to talk with them while they were waiting in line to go to smash stuff up. And so they closed a, a bunch of deals because of this, got a bunch of leads. And then we got a bunch of news coverage because of it. So our links started going up and that caused our SEO to improve, which increased organic traffic, which also increased leads. And, and so I think, all the success of that is super awesome. But to me, the most important thing that happened is there are now thousands of accountants that went to this conference that thinks of eFile Cabinet and thinks they understand me. They get who yeah. I am. And then so they're going to be more inclined to trust that their product will solve their needs because we've demonstrated that we know who you are. Empathy. Empathy. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. So in marketing, right, try to keep it linear. There are a lot of agencies out there and there are a lot of metrics that frankly, I think agencies can make a lot of money by keeping their clients confused, mm. right? Because there's a lot of important things. And so what metrics from your standpoint do you think are the most important metrics that agencies should be sharing with their clients and that the client should be paying attention to? Yeah. So first off, like when you're hiring an agency, you need to, uh, one thing that people almost never ask about that they should be asking about is reporting. A lot of agencies have their cookie cutter reporting. And I think for some businesses, that's totally fine and not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think as you get higher up and your organization is more and more complex, you need custom reporting and uh, it needs to be built out the way it works with your internal teams and dashboards. Um, so, so that's something that I think people need to evaluate when they hire an agency. Um, and then as far as measuring an agency, like the way, what, how, how I teach my team members here at Nice and Floor is I want them to constantly evolve the metrics that they're measuring. And we start at the superficial, you know, we've got likes or we've got uh, ranking or whatever. And then we move into traffic and then we move into conversions and then we move into 
revenue, right? Uh, and then even beyond that is profit. And then I yep. think even further than that is, you know, like why does why does an organization want to make a profit, right? I think we all we all typically end there is that's the be all end all. But mm-hmm. there are many ways to make a profit, and um, some of which are in line with the purpose of the organization, others that aren't. And so I think mm-hmm. a good agency is going to understand what why that why their client exists and what what can we do to help them make a profit in a way that they want to make that profit so that they can have the effect in the world that they want to make so so anyway i i try to get them to move as close to that ideal as possible and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i have a question based on that yeah um like so what what percentage of you would you say in your experience our clients ready for that level because I am a small heart. I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with what you said. Um, I think that, you know, Simon Sinek start with why and understanding like, Hey, why you like, yes, making money is a byproduct of you doing what you do. Right. And that's cause you're a business, but like why you actually do it is important. And that's what really makes deep brand connection. So I love the fact that you're talking about that. So it's a small percentage. Um, what what are some of the effects you have seen for the organizations that actually embrace that? Yeah, so so we've worked pretty hard to uh, move from being a service provider into being a partner. And oftentimes people come on, you know, they want us to be a service provider and that's fine. You know, they say, mm-hmm. hey, I just want you to build some links or I just need 10 yeah. pieces of content a month or whatever. And we say, great, let's do that. But then, you know, we start to produce the content and we start asking some questions in terms of like, well, what are your goals here? Like, why, why, why these 10 pieces and, and, and what are we trying to work toward? And then, you know, just by asking questions and, and digging into the work instead of just doing what we're asked uh, uh, without kind of inquiring, that kind of leads us to build that, that relationship. And so it's something that can happen over time. And frankly, sometimes we just, we never get there, you know, uh, like yeah, we've done absolutely. some work for Capital One and I don't even know that the, everyone at Capital One knows why they're trying, you know, what the mission is the and what they're trying to The bigger you are, out. the harder it gets. Absolutely. Right. right. And so what, what do you think is the sweet spot? I mean, this, you, you have a 97 person uh, agency. Um, you work with organizations like as huge as Capital One and I'm sure, it, you know, smaller companies than yours. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is like the sweet spot for an organization where you say, hey, this is where everyone can still be aligned and still have the magic? What yeah. do you think? Um, I think if the executive team is like if if your organization is the side where the executive team is all still working together closely every day together, yep. Um, yep. that's that's the sweet spot where they can get aligned on on the same page when it comes to messaging, how marketing is working, how sales is working with those leads. That's mm-hmm. that's the sweet spot. So I mean that can be anywhere between a hundred to five hundred people uh, of an organization. Mm-hmm. I think usually when you get bigger than five hundred, you're probably having some fractured experiences with yeah. the executive team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's the sweet spot. That's where you can do really fun stuff and take risks and pivot quickly. When you get bigger yeah. than that, it's it's harder to do that. It's noticeably difficult. Yeah, especially when legal gets involved. So, what is more important? Getting content out or getting content right? Oh boy, that's I know it's a, a little bit of a trick a hard question. One, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, when you're starting out, if you have the time, it's better to get it out because getting it out teaches you how to get it right. Um, if you YouTubers 
channel and go to the very beginning, their videos are not at all what they're like now. And it's because yep. they release and they release and they release and start to learn what works and what doesn't. And they start yep. to find a groove that works, you know? So it's through yes. the, through action that, that you learn. So, okay. So that's for the new people, right? So doing right. equals getting better. So how about for the people that already know how to do it, right? Still, yeah. what's, what's the thought on that? I say go after quality, not quantity. Like one of my favorite blogs is wait, but why? Um, mm -hmm. And he, he releases one blog post, maybe a month, once every two mm -hmm. months. But his yep. readership is giant. Like everyone is just waiting for his next blog post. And they're super thorough, very high quality. Yep. Um, I think we, there's, there's a guy named Mark Schaefer back in 2014 wrote a blog post that said content marketing isn't sustainable because there's just too much content out there. So don't even try. And my argument is we've been saying there's too much content since the 1900, like early 1900s, like there's an article right. that says there are too, too many much. books, too many TV channels, too many podcasts. The answer is there's not a lot of, of books worth reading and there's not a lot of websites worth visiting. So I actually Absolutely. think there's not enough content, uh, especially if you uh, focus on specific demographics, like how much does your specific market have to consume? The answer is not a whole lot. So create really high quality content for them. I love that. I love that. You know, I've been thinking about this this concept a little bit, and there's this element of it really does boil down in business to economics because sometimes you can't afford to get it right. And again, I use the word get it right, like quality and getting it right might not even be the same thing, but mm -hmm. sometimes you have the time and money and resources because in the creative world, what is it? It's time. I need more time if it's going to be better or more targeted. But there's also an element of, getting it out because getting the content out is what drives revenue. And as long as you don't get it wrong, like very wrong, um, the, there's no answer to the question, right? So it's really right. basically different perspectives and different thoughts on it. Uh, right. on that, on that thread, I saw that, um, you hosted an event and you had Seth Godin as a speaker. I'm a big Seth Godin fan. Um, obviously you are as well. Um, what was your experience with Seth and uh, why do you feel like he's got the relevant message? Um, yeah, so so hearing him speak, and it was a really small audience. I think we only had like 70 people in that room, and um, it, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, I always walk away feeling pumped uh, uh, about Seth's talks. Um, Seth Godin is one of those marketers, though, who's not going to give you the answer, Um or even the steps, it's kind of up to you to decide, well, what am I supposed to do now that I've heard this, you know? Um, so, so I like him in, in that he's, you know, really thought provoking and, uh, and that he puts the burden of, of figuring stuff out on the marketer. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Seth's work. This is a last question, a little more personal. Which platform do you spend the most time on? Social? Yes. Um, boy, Probably the most time with LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time. Is that time because on it's your favorite or because it's the most productive? Um, I have the most things to do on that platform, I would guess. Mm -hmm. My favorite mm -hmm. is Twitter. I, I don't ever tweet, but I consume a lot of, of tweets. Um, yep. So that's, that's what my favorite, but I, I end up spending most of my time on LinkedIn just doing messaging and connection and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, LinkedIn has turned into a real platform over the last twelve months. Yeah, it really no has changed. Yeah, um, who's who's your who do you like following the most on Twitter? What's the most entertaining, or who do you connect with the best? 
I, it just just straight up entertainment. Paul F. Tompkins is is one of my favorite comedians, uh, okay. and he tweets a lot. So uh, really, really yeah. good account. Yeah, <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins. Okay. Yeah, we'll link it up below. And um, yeah. just so everybody knows, what is the best way uh, to get in touch with you? A lot of times, people want to like kind of know more, or they want to reach out and contact you. So, what what is the best way to connect with you? Yeah, uh, so LinkedIn is is a really great way to reach out. Um, if you just go, uh, search Paxton Gray, um, I should be the first result. Um, P-A-X-T-O-N, yeah. right? Yep, and then G-R-A-Y. Uh, we'll link and it then, up below. Yep, and then uh, my email address is just paxton at 97thfloor.com. 97thfloor.com, right? Yep, that's right. Fantastic. Paxton, thank you so much for giving some time to the Clarity Compressed audience and uh, best of luck to you and all of your efforts making marketing in the world a better place. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been great. This is awesome. So what do you think? Was that lying? He's a good guy. He's a smart guy. And he's obviously somebody who is in the weeds of it, in the weeds of marketing, in the weeds of business, the thought and the mindset that tying marketing and strategy and tactics back to the human element of business. And then the part of the conversation where we talk about actually tying that to the center core of what a brand is about. And that's where the real magic is. That's where the real horsepower is. Um, I, I love that part of the conversation because you know that is what I'm all about, is connecting it to the center, is bringing people closer to your brand, the people that are kind of orbiting around, bringing them closer to the brand. So, and hey, I said it before in the beginning, giving away a free copy of this book that is signed courtesy of our friend Paxton. So a Seth Godin book signed. What you have to do to get there is go to brandisgravity.com, sign up to be first to know when the workshop is released, and then screenshot your sign up confirmation and tweet it at me, at Paul the Daily. And we will pick a winner, we will send you the book, and we will celebrate that on the internet. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope you bring people closer to you. And remember that business is actually very, very human. And I hope that you treat it that way and make the world a better place. Make the business world a better place. Make the marketing world a better place. You've already made my world a better place. Hope you have an awesome week. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.